Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verse 4 down to verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 4. The Bible says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for the privilege we have to be guided by it. And we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace towards us in sending your Son to this earth, dying Calvary's cross, Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth tonight, that you would use it to challenge us, to be closer drawn to you. And I pray that in everything, you will be honored and glorified. Give me the words you love me to say. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what thus said the Lord. And may we give you all the honor and glory, for you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. When we love something or someone, I hope we also know that there is a risk involved. Now, to love is a beautiful thing. Love is of God. And we know from the word of God that God is love. And he's given us the capacity, the ability to love. But the same thing that you love will bring you joy. But that very same thing will also be the source of pain. If you think about the people you love, you'll be mindful of the fact that those very same people, the more you love, it's the more likelihood that they have the ability to cause you the deepest pain. It's like a double-edged sword. But there is no way to escape this potential regarding what and who we love. The Apostle Paul found himself in such a situation. The Apostle Paul loved the church. He loved the work of God. And he was used greatly by God to plant churches and to minister to the saints, to edify, to exhort, to rebuke. Simply put, the Apostle Paul was fully invested in this thing called the church. Now we see here in 1 Corinthians, he's writing a letter to the church, of course, at Corinth. Understand that Corinth was a vibrant, diverse, metropolitan city. 
But understand that irrespective of a place and what kind of people live in a place, God can raise up a church. Amen? And we will see in this epistle as we look at it in an expository manner in days and weeks and months to come, that the Apostle Paul had to address several issues regarding this church at Corinth. He's going to have to say some hard things. But in no way did what he have to say diminish the love that he had for these saints at Corinth. We notice in verse number 1 to 3 that we saw last time that he begins this letter, this epistle, with a courteous salutation. But we're going to see tonight in verses 4 to 9, he continues on with a commendation of the saints. Now, notice the sensitivity of the Apostle Paul. He knows he has some hard things to say. But he first mentions some genuinely positive things about these saints. He's not buttering them up. He's not being disingenuous. Now, isn't that a good strategy? You have something very difficult to impart, but you find something positive to say before you give the not-so-good things. You give the bad news to somehow soften the impact. That's the strategy that I see the Apostle Paul using here. He wants them to understand, listen, it's going to be a fair bit of bad, but it's not all bad. You know, sometimes in life, you just have to deal with the issues. And oftentimes, in dealing with the issues, it can come across as if there is no love. But this certainly was not the case with the Apostle Paul. I want you to see here in these verses this commendation of the saints. And keep this in mind as you think of all the things that the Apostle Paul will deal with in this letter regarding this church at Corinth. Because when you examine this commendation, it can get lost in this book that these saints really had some good things going on in this church. Oftentimes when we hear the church at Corinth, the first thing that comes to mind is, wow, boy, they are messed up. But it was not all bad. Apostle Paul just had to deal with some matters that required specific attention. So let's look at this commendation that the Apostle Paul gives. Now notice in verse number 4, the Apostle Paul was enthusiastic about God's goodness. He was enthusiastic about God's goodness to these saints. Now notice what he says. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf. Now, this is how you know that the Apostle Paul had a heart for people. He had a heart for the work of God. He had a heart for the things of God. Because here, notice in this commendation, his enthusiasm shows 
that he was consistent. Notice, he says, I thank my God always on your behalf. He had a consistent attitude of thankfulness for the saints. Now keep in mind once again, he's going to address some things that showed that these saints had some serious problems. They had some serious sin problems. But notice Paul's consistency in thanking God for these saints was not based on what they did. It was based on who they were. They were his brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm sure we we all have times in our lives where we feel like this regarding people who are close to us. You ever feel like people are only thankful for you when you do what is right? You ever feel like people are only thankful for you when you do what they like? I'm sure we all have those kinds of feelings. But the Apostle Paul here is thanking God always for them. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf. But you notice his consistency in being enthusiastic about them was the fact that, note this, he was conscious of something. Notice what he says he was thanking God for. For the grace of God which is given you by Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul was aware that the grace of God was upon their lives. You say, how was the grace of God upon their lives? Listen, these were people who God had favored. You say, how did God favor them? God saved them, amen? That's favor. That's grace. He saved them and he incorporated them into this living, breathing organism called the church. Sometimes we we think that that's not a big deal, my friend. That is a huge deal. When you think of these saints at Corinth, understand where they were, where they were coming from. These were previously heathen people who knew not God, but now because of the grace of God, they were now blood-washed saints of God. As a result, the Apostle Paul was enthusiastic about God's goodness. Listen, anytime you are tempted to be down and out and think that you have nothing going on and life is just a mess and you're a wreck, and listen, think about the fact that you are saved. That ought to be a pick-me-up. But the Apostle Paul was enthusiastic about God's goodness. But I want you to notice, secondly, he was enthusiastic about God's goodness because there was evidence of God's grace in their lives. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 5. The Apostle Paul was not just being thankful for no apparent reason. Look at what he says. It says that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. No, this is the saints that Corinth is talking about. And he says, listen, God's grace in your life is so evident that, listen, it is abundant. Now, are you seeing this verse? He says, notice the words in this verse. He uses words like everything. And he uses the word twice, all. 
Man, these are saints who we would describe as messed up. But he says they abounded in utterance. It means that these saints had had the gift of speaking and speaking well. Speaking convincingly. They abounded in utterance. They abounded in knowledge. They had the gift of wisdom. Now let me tell you something. If you have the gift of speaking well, you have the gift of knowledge and wisdom, let me tell you, you can attract a crowd. And so you can think that these saints had it going on. The Apostle Paul says, I thank God for you. Because in everything, you are enriched by God in all utterance and in all knowledge. It means then that the evidence of God's grace on their lives was abundant. But I want you to notice something else about this grace. It was not only abundant, but it was authentic. He says in verse number 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. You know what that means? That what was happening at Corinth, for God's honor and glory, it was not a show. The testimony of Christ was confirmed in them. This means that the working of Almighty God was was clearly seen and it was obvious to everyone that what was going on was at Corinth was the hand of Almighty God. It was a God thing. Now what a wonderful testimony that, that people can look at lives and say there is no doubt God is working in that life. God is working in that place. Listen, that's a blessing. That's what was happening at Corinth. Among people who prior to being saved knew not God. What a blessing. Paul had much to be thankful for. He says the evidence of God's grace was abundant. It was authentic, but it was also amazing. He says in verse number 7, get this, so that ye come behind in no gift. The testimony was amazing. These saints were not lacking in any area. They had gifts in abundance. Spiritual gifts. I mean, they were what you would call all-rounders. I mean, whatever you needed by way of spiritual gifts, it existed at Corinth. Wow. What evidence of God's grace. The Apostle Paul says, I can be enthusiastic about God's goodness in your life because I see the evidence of God's hand moving and working among you. And he says, this brings about great anticipation. Look at verse number seven. He says, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's kind of like you know you're doing well. You know you have things going on that would make God proud. So you anticipate his return. You anticipate him coming to assess your performance. Such was the nature of what was taking place at Corinth. 
What a blessing. The Apostle Paul is commending them in these few verses. Keep in mind, this would not be possible were it not for the grace of God. You know, sometimes we are tempted to pat ourselves on the shoulder, aren't we? Or give ourselves our own backpack. Back pat. Because we are gifted in some area or we see God working in our in lives as a result of the use of our gifts. No, that's a great thing. It's a great thing to be used by God, but we must always be reminded, listen, it's all because of God and not because of us. It's a blessing to be used by God, but we must recognize that were it not for grace, where would we be? He's the one who deserves all the honor. He's the one who deserves the glory. We are to endeavor to be used by God. We are to be en- endeavor to be used by God in great and amazing ways. But notice with this evidence of God's grace there was an expectation of growth. Because I want you to observe closely and carefully verse number 8 and verse number 9. It says who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you say, why is this an expectation of growth? Notice the Apostle Paul acknowledged, Church of Corinth, I mean, you got gifts in abundance. I mean, you got it going on in this church. God in his wisdom has seen it fit to bless you abundantly. Man, you come behind in no gift. You got everything you need to carry out this work of God. But at the same time, keep in mind, you still got to grow. You still got to move from where you are. You have to understand how to use these gifts in a God-honoring way. Notice he mentions here, this is a positive outlook. He says, with all of these gifts in abundance, God is going to confirm you at the end that ye may be blameless. Were they blameless right then and there? No. But he says, you're going to have to grow spiritually. Every single one of us. Doesn't matter how long we're saved, we are to be growing in the Lord. We are to be growing in spiritual maturity. We are to be moving towards perfection. That's what he says. He says, listen, there's a, there's a positive outlook. God is going to confirm you at the end that, that when it gets to the final point where we stand before God, that you can stand before him blameless. Why? Because as you've been entrusted with gifts and abilities, you've used them in a God-honoring way that God would be able to say to you and to say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's an expectation of growth. It's It's a positive outlook. You know, we ought to be striving, saying, God, when the time comes and I stand before you, it is my earnest 
desire that you be, will be well pleased with me. That has to be the desire. That I can stand before you blameless. That's a positive outlook. But notice, it's a precious opportunity. You see, this type of outlook happens because of a particular perspective. You know why Paul was able to make that statement in verse number 8? Because he had the proper perspective that you see in verse number 9. Notice what he says in verse number 9. God is faithful. Let me say that again. God is faithful. He says, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's what we must get. This was a precious opportunity. This opportunity that the saints at Corinth had to be involved in the work of God, my friend, it was a precious opportunity. This involvement of the Apostle Paul in the work of God was a precious opportunity. And because the Apostle Paul saw this opportunity as a precious opportunity, that resulted in a mindset that I'm going to serve God to the best of my ability. That's why he says, listen, when I examine who I was, when I examine what God has allowed me to be involved in, let me tell you, it's not about Paul being faithful, it's about God being faithful. He says, whom he were called into what? The fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's saying, listen, there's no better privilege than being able to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And when I look at this opportunity to serve God with such value, listen, it propels me to faithfulness. It propels me and should it propel us all that I'm going to serve God with every fiber in me. That's why Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, talking about God being faithful, says, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Precious opportunity. My friends, you're here tonight and you were born again. Listen, you are blessed. Beyond measure. Beyond description. When we think of how faithful God is, when we were not faithful, when we were enemies of God, when we are alienated from God, God saw us in that state, and reached down and grabbed us from the muck and the miry clay of sin and set us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And when we recognize this great blessing that we have by way of salvation, by way of being involved in building God's kingdom, it ought to stir up in us 
a mindset of being indebted. God, I could never fully pay you back. But by God's grace, I ought to try to do everything that I can to show my appreciation for what you've done for me. Apostle Paul said, that's how I think about this thing called the work of God. You see, my friend, we're not doing God a favor. We are benefiting from the grace, the amazing grace of God. And with a mindset like that, it revolutionizes, it transforms how we think about service to Almighty God. The Apostle Paul, in speaking to this church at Corinth, he loved them dearly. He knew that God had done some things in their lives that only God could do. Only God could have taken them from worshiping false gods and not knowing anything about the one true living God, letting them be exposed to the word of God. Faith commit by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word of God awakened and quickened their spirit so that they could respond by faith, receive salvation, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, be incorporated into this organism called the church, and then use spiritual gifts to build the kingdom. That's amazing grace. And then God bless us and bless them as a result of doing that. It's a win-win situation. And the Apostle Paul commends them because he had seen the evidence of God's grace in their lives. And after commending them, he's going to then share with them some concerns. And he got, what, several chapters, 16 chapters of to come of concerns. He says, but I'm, I'm doing this because I love you. And I'm concerned about you. I want you to experience God's best for your life. But... It's not going to be accomplished without addressing this matter called sin. Paul loved them. And because he loved them, he could not help but address what was affecting their lives. May it be that as we continue to serve the Lord and to love the Lord, that we distinguish accurately Where the actions are done out of love or not. And may it be that we receive correction, instruction, and guidance in the right way. And that we also give it in the right way with a heart of love and heart of concern for people. It makes all the difference in the world.